It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today as we look ahead to this offseason and see how the Warriors can rebuild this team knowing that KD is out for the year. Clay going to miss most of the year, if not the entire year. And which philosophies they can take in rebuilding. And the one that I think they should take won't garner the most immediate positive results. I'll explain all that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. If you're looking for Locked On Warriors, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Himalaya. Uh, just tell your smart device to play Locked on Warriors and only locked on Warriors. So as we all know, the Warriors lost the NBA Finals last week to the Toronto Raptors in six games. And it wasn't the finals loss that is the worst part. The worst part is the fact that they suffered two catastrophic injuries to Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles and is going to be out for the entire 2019 season. Clay Thompson tore his ACL and is going to be out for, I don't know, at least three quarters of the 2019 season, potentially the entire season as well. And that is way worse than just losing the finals. That The, the repercussions uh, on the future seasons of these guys are, are, are awful. But that's the way it goes. That is the reality. And we're going to look ahead to how this team can possibly rebuild, I guess, for next season. And there's a couple of different philosophies that I want to look at where do you do everything you can to try and win this season? Everything you can to try and make the playoffs, which... You know, I know the West is stacked, but sorry, I'm not betting against Steph and Draymond, regardless of who they sign on the fringes. Uh, if they want to make the playoffs, they will. Might be the eight seed, but still, they're going to be able to get them there. But are you looking for one-year rentals to try and help you get to the playoffs, or are you looking towards the future? And I lean towards the latter, and I'll explain that coming up. But first, I just want to go through the roster, look at the players who are under contract, the ones who are free agents, the ones who could potentially be moved, etc. So let's start with the things that we absolutely do know. We do know that Steph Curry is under contract. Draymond Green, still under contract. Andre Iguodala, under contract. Jacob Evans, under contract. Damian Jones, Alfonso McKinney. And Sean Livingston are all under contract. 
So by my math, that's seven. Seven players under contract for next season. So that leaves eight spots to fill two two-way contracts. Kevin Durant has a player option. I think we all imagine he's going to opt out, and none of us know what he's going to do. Whether he re-signs with the Warriors for one year to rehab with them or signs a max with them, signs with another team. Honestly, the only other player who I have less of an idea of what he's going to do is Kawhi Leonard, and that's just because these guys are enigmas. I have no idea what they're thinking or what is motivating them. Uh, You could make the argument for both these guys that the Durant injury makes it more likely that he stays with the Warriors or less likely. And with Kawhi, the championship makes it more likely that he stays or more likely that he leaves. I, you can make the argument either way for either of these guys. I have no clue. But still, that leaves eight spots to be filled for the Warriors. Obviously, one of them is going to be Clay Thompson, who I think we all assume will resign and get the max and will miss most of the year, if not all of it. Kevon Looney, I think we all assume, is going to be sticking around as well. I mean, it would have to be a monster offer for him, for the Warriors, not to not to match it or to not bring him back. I wouldn't be surprised if they have something hammered out already to the point that he doesn't even test the market. Uh, he wants to be in Golden State. Golden State wants him to be around as well. Then you get into some of the other players from this team and just what's going to happen. DeMarcus Cousins is a big one, and he's another guy I'm not sure. If he gets the right money offer... If someone will give him double digits, I think he's gone. But he could also see a situation in Golden State where now he's got a chance to be a focal point on a potential playoff team. He sees that Clay Thompson and KD are out, sees a lot of shots left on the table for him now. We'll see. I don't I don't know how the Warriors feel about him. I don't know how he feels about the Warriors. It's just it's up in the air. Really don't know. But if he gets the right offer from someone else, if he gets the right money offer, he's he's gone, in my opinion. Then you look at guys like Andrew Bogut, Jonas Jarebko, who are free agents, and imagine they'll both be gone. I mean, Bogut, we all know, is going back to Australia. Jarebko was fine, but wasn't great. And I think the Warriors will look to fill his his spot. Two restricted free agents in Quinn Cook and Jordan Bell. And before the injuries happened, I thought they might let them both go. But now with the injuries, I think they'll be willing to bring them both back. Quinn Cook, as I thought about it more, I think they'd bring him back anyways. He's beloved by teammates, by the front office, by everyone. My biggest problem with Quinn is actually with Steve Kerr, that he didn't give him a more consistent role this entire season. So when it came to the finals, when you needed him, It wasn't the first time in months that he had a consistent role. So anyways, I believe they'll both be back. So that's filling out the roster a little bit there. But there's a couple of interesting spots as well. I mentioned Sean Livingston's under contract. So is Damian Jones. So is Alfonso McKinney. But there are certain tweaks in these contracts that make it possible that they won't be with the team. I actually imagine Sean Livingston is not going to be with the team regardless of what happens. Only two of his... What is it? $7.692 million. It's just about $7.7 million. Only two of it is guaranteed. And that guarantee date is June 29th. 
Now, something that the Warriors could do with Sean's approval is push back that guarantee date so they can try and work out a trade to where they you know, trade Sean to a team that would also waive him or trade him to a team that is willing to keep that money uh, on their books because it is an ex- expiring contract. Where here are some of the options. You trade Sean to, I don't know, Orlando, and they take on that $2 million guaranteed and waive him. But the Warriors can trade Sean and the $2 million guaranteed plus $2 million in cash to actually cover that cost. And the reason why that would be a benefit to the Warriors is because then that $2 million doesn't count against their own luxury tax. Kind of convoluted CBA stuff, but there's ways around having to pay Sean the, the $2 million guaranteed and having to pay that extended luxury tax. If there's a team out there that's willing to take them on, uh, whether it's the full guaranteed money or the guaranteed money and then waive them, you know, like we saw with Atlanta do uh, with Carmelo Anthony. This is the main example I have for what the Warriors should be looking to do is where Atlanta traded Carmelo Anthony, or excuse me, when OKC traded Carmelo Anthony to Atlanta, not only did Atlanta take on that money, they waived him immediately. They didn't want him to be on the team. But they also traded back. Dennis Schroeder, who had $15 million left on his deal for three more years. So three years of $15 million each, three years, $44 million. So maybe there's someone out there that a team has long-term money invested into that they want to get rid of and take on the benefit of Sean Livingston's expiring contract. This is just an example. I don't think Indiana wants to get rid of this player, but Doug McDermott has two more years at about $7 million left on his deal where if they decided, you know, he's not part of our future, we don't want to pay him for the next couple of years, we want the cap space for next season, then potentially you could trade Sean Livingston for Doug McDermott, and the benefit is Indy's getting off that Doug McDermott money that they don't want to pay for the next couple of years, and then they're getting the cap space from, from Sean's expiring contract. Again, convoluted, a lot of options with Sean Livingston, but again, my main point is I don't think he's going to be a warrior next year. Alfonso McKinney, his contract is non-guaranteed, which means they can waive him for no hit on their uh, on their luxury tax. I don't think that's going to happen. He's cheap. It's $1.4 million. Even though he wasn't great in the playoffs or finals, he does have abilities and you know, as the 12th, 13th man for $1.4 million, you, you keep him around. So most likely he's sticking around. Damian Jones is another guy who, before the injuries, I thought they might look to move, kind of in similar fashion to the Sean Livingston deal, where you trade Sean in his guaranteed $2 million with $2 million to, you know, cancel out the cost for the other team. But I do think they're going to keep him around and give him one more shot because he's young and can develop still. And that's kind of where I'm going now with the philosophies on how to rebuild this team. And it has to do with youth, and it has to do with development. And we're going to talk about that next, but first we're going to take a quick break, come back, 
and figure out how the Warriors are going to rebuild this roster. That's all coming up next. But first, check out the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. It is already underway. The local experts in every draft room, Jeremy Wu of SI.com with the player breakdowns, and Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball with the fantasy breakdown, all at Locked On NBA. The Warriors pick was published today, so go check that out on the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles D. Hamilton. What's just talked about the Warriors roster and who might be coming back and who might be leaving. I wish I could give you a list of who I think will and won't be here, but there are so many moving pieces with this team this offseason that I really can't give you anything close to a an actual roster as to who will be here except for the guys that are already under contract, like Steph, Draymond, Damian Jones, Jacob Evans, Andre Iguodala, and uh, I think that's it pretty much. <laughs> but moving forward to this offseason, I thought the playoffs and especially the finals showed that the Warriors were shallow in some 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 spots on their bench. They did not have the required depth to to win. And one of the main things is offensive punch. They just didn't have any outside of their main three guys. Luckily, those three are three of the best in the world, Steph, Clay, KD. But the problem is one of them went down, which was a major strain on Steph. And then Clay goes down, and it makes it even worse. So they're going to have to, I don't know if tweak their philosophy is the right term, because we all know that they prefer defense to offense, which I do agree with to an extent, but I don't think you should ignore offense. I don't think you should ignore scoring because as we saw, Toronto had multiple guys who could score and the Warriors didn't. So we'll have to see what they do, but I do think you have to add some, some offensive punch to the roster. And this was my philosophy before we found out about the injuries before we knew that Clay and KD were gone for potentially the entire year for both of them. Now, if they were healthy, though, the idea is that you add players that can help you win immediately because you're the Warriors, because you'd be favored to win another championship. But the fact is, you're not there right now. You're not favored to win the championship. You're not a shoe in to get to the finals because we don't know what's going to happen with KD, whether he even resigns or not, but he's gone for this year. Clay, same thing. 
So do you kind of tweak that philosophy, at least in the draft and free agency, I guess, to where you bring in young guys to develop this year instead of bringing in guys who are close towards the end, instead of bringing in, and not to say that they shouldn't bring in this player, Damari Carroll, you know, if they got a chance to bring in Damari Carroll, fine, but don't bring in a bunch of Damari Carrolls. Don't bring in a bunch of 32-year-olds who are probably on the downswing of their career. They can help you win now. For me, I'm looking to add young players. I'm looking to add young guys and develop them. You can control their contracts for longer. And then with a year of development, you have guys that are better equipped to contribute when you get Clay back, when you potentially get KD back. So some of the things I would do immediately is sign Damian Lee and Marcus Derrickson to the roster. They're not two-way players anymore. They are on the the main roster, the 15-man, and they're part of my rotation. Damian Lee would have helped in the playoffs. Now, I saw a lot of people say that, and I just want to make sure that I'm clear. He would have helped. He wouldn't have been the difference, but he would have helped because of his shooting. Same thing with Marcus Derrickson. I'm a huge fan of Marcus Derrickson. I think a nice little pick and pop between him and Steph would be money. So I am signing them immediately. They have their rights, the Warriors do, and there's no reason for them to not be part of this team moving forward. I mentioned Quinn Cook earlier. I think there's a better chance now that they re-sign him because of how beloved he is with the team and the organization. And he's also got some offensive firepower that the Warriors need as much as possible. And one of the other problems is that I didn't really point out is even with potentially KD leaving and re-signing Clay, you're still in the luxury tax. So you're still very limited in how you can add players. The way you can add players is with minimum contracts and the tax mid-level, which is about $5.7 million, and trades. But the problem with the trades is you have to be able to match salaries, and the Warriors don't have a lot of salaries to be able to match, which is also why if they can bring DeMarcus Cousins back, it would be very interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline with him if they do bring him back. Again, all far down the line, all hypotheticals, but that's that's where I'm at right now with this team and this roster. You use that taxpayer mid-level on basically the best player you can get. I mean, that's their biggest weapon to sign someone. I know people have thought, oh, it's going to be Austin Rivers. All right, that, that's fine. But I don't know, just whoever you scan every free agent available and let them know that that tax mid-level is available for them. And whoever bites, whoever the best player is to bite on it, you you do it. And that's also one of the things that I mentioned with DeMarcus Cousins and Sean Livingston is if Cousins resigns, maybe trading him Sean Livingston right now, maybe you trade him as well. Because if they both leave, that's not salary you can replace. Again, that's... That's $8 million out the door for Sean Livingston and $5 million out the door for DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, six-point-something if he leaves, or I mean, if he resigns, excuse me. So you have to – they're not great assets, but you have to try and get something for those assets because that money is going to disappear once they're gone because of the fact they're over their luxury tax. couple players that might be available for them. I mean, I don't really want to speculate, but – I like Troy Daniels, personally, out of Phoenix. He's a three-point shooter uh, in the vein of the Warriors' offense. Comes off screens. He's, you know, a lot of off-ball movement. 
Uh, undervalued, not great defensively, a little undersized. He's about 6'4", but you can't be too picky right now when Clay Thompson's out. And again, offensive firepower, offensive punch. So he's just one of the guys I have listed. I don't want to get too far into uh, other players, but Damian Lee and Marcus Derrickson, absolutely. And then one other thing as far as what the Warriors can do moving forward and haven't been able to do the last couple of years. So for the last couple of years, they've been shoe-ins to make the finals, to be contenders. And because of that, they have had some roster. They haven't had roster flexibility. Every roster spot is so important and very expensive because of the luxury tax. But because of that, they haven't been able to develop players that well. And they've also passed up potentially getting players who are waived. You know, we see it almost every year where a guy, a young player gets waived or doesn't get the qualifying offer and becomes a free agent, etc. cetera. Uh, like just today, Rondé Hollis Jefferson was told that they're, the Nets are not giving him a qualifying offer. Depends on how you feel about him. Maybe he can fit with the Warriors, good defender, whatever. We'll deal with that another day. But it's just an example of something that happens every year where an unexpected young player becomes available. We saw it with Thomas Bryant uh, last offseason where the Lakers ended up waving Bryant uh, before free agency and the Wizards ended up claiming him. Now, I don't know what the waiver claim process is. I don't know if the Warriors would have uh, had a chance to actually get him, but the bottom line is they didn't even try because they didn't have a roster spot for him. And he's a good young player who performed well for the Wizards this year. Derek Jones Jr. was waived by the Suns in December of 2017. And the Miami Heat signed him to a two-way deal. And then they eventually signed him to their roster. Another young player, you know, he was, what, 20 years old, 21 years old, another young player who was available for the Warriors to sign and develop, but the Warriors did not get because of their roster restriction, because of the money, because of the fact they don't really have time to develop players when you're trying to win a championship every year. So take advantage of this season where you have an opportunity to, to develop players. And maybe it's your own players. Maybe it's Jordan Bell and Damian Jones. You allow them to play through mistakes and try and figure it out on the court. But at the same time, go and sign other young players like Marcus Derrickson and Damian Lee. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't, I'm whatever about Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, but maybe they decide that his upside is worth trying to develop this year. And then when it comes to the draft, initially, and if you go listen to the uh, Locked On NBA mock draft, you'll hear me make the pick for the Warriors. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet because I need you to go listen to that. But one of the reasons I picked this, that player is because he's ready to contribute immediately. Now with this situation, do the Warriors kind of are they more willing to draft for upside instead of immediate contribution? And the other thing is, too, even if a player is ready to contribute immediately, doesn't mean he stops developing either. But do they pick a player with a higher ceiling and maybe a lower floor than a player with a higher floor and a lower ceiling? All very interesting, all up in the air. I can't wait to find out what they end up doing, and we'll find out together. But that's where I stand. I think they should use this year to bring in younger players to try and find cheap assets because 
They need them. And this is an opportunity to do that. Going to take one more break, come back. A couple things came out about the Lakers and the Anthony Davis trade that I want to get to. It's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Uh, When you are driving to or from work or just around town, tell your smart device to play Locked On Warriors, and I'll be there on that drive with you. That's all it takes. Uh, So I mentioned the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis, and I don't know if you guys can tell throughout this podcast, roster construction and roster building is really interesting to me, especially because I... I really do buy into the fact that it's, you know, a shooter's league and and you need as many shooters as possible and you still need defense as well. But looking at the Lakers and the trade for Anthony Davis, one of the things I didn't mention yesterday is, and it's so convoluted, so CBA deep dive that I, I don't even get this part. But the bottom line is if the trade is completed on July 6th, I believe, then the Lakers will only have... $21 million in cap space, which is definitely not enough to sign a third max player. And even if they get the max amount of cap space, which means that the trade isn't completed until July 30th, I don't know why these make differences in the amount of cap space, but it just does. Then they'll have about 32 million in cap, which still isn't enough for a full max contract. But this matters because they only have five players under uh, under contract right now. And I think only three of them are really reliable, which is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. They have Mo Wagner. We'll see what he turns into. I mean, he's got a jumper for sure, but besides that, I don't know. Now, with that money, like I said, the max player's out the window because you're not going to get a max player signing for $20 million. But I'm of the belief that they need to split that up and go sign as many shooters and defenders as possible. They have Reggie Bullock's bird rights, so they can re-sign him without uh, using their cap space. You know, J.J. Reddick's available, Danny Green's available, but the thing is, with all the cap space that's out there, I don't know how many of these guys are going to want to take a discount to come play for the Lakers. Maybe a lot. I, I don't know. But it's just one of the reasons why, you know, I'm I'm definitely supportive of going to get the star player, and the Lakers were desperate. I don't know if they needed to give up as much as they did because now they have no assets for trades. They have no one on their roster. Uh, I'm interested to see how it will work out and how they build. They can still obviously be great because they have two of the best players in the league, but, man, they have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do, and I'm interested to see in what they do. I Like, why would Danny Green take a pay cut? 
to come to the Lakers. He, I, I don't think he would. And forgive me for having zero faith in Rob Belinka and that front office to figure it out. Like I said, they got much more competent on the basketball court in getting Anthony Davis. But this move to me also kind of proves their incompetence in the front office because of how much they gave up while bidding against no one else. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I <laughs> That place is still a mess to me. Off the court. On the court should be pretty good, but we'll see. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Going to do a lot of draft stuff coming up in the next two days to to get us to the draft. And those are the first steps in rebuilding this team. And rebuild's probably strong. First steps in restocking the cupboards. How about that? Uh, thank you guys for listening. Back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth. Right, you gotta go over the rough spots. <laughs> Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.